Uh, I am Bams, and I am your storyteller, and I am joined by my wonderful cast. <laughs> I'm Tom, and I play Jimmy, the best Toreador from the 80s. I'm Jupiter, and I play Missy, the forever teen, misunderstood, emo, Malkavian. Hi, I'm Oz. I play Arthur Subchak, the Nosferatu. Last time we left off, you guys had a plan. You were going to pretend, specifically Missy was going to pretend to be a drug dealer in the hopes of drawing out Bradley Kelly and then doing something untoward to him. Originally, you were going to kill him, blame him for some of the bad things that you have done, and then wipe your hands of the situation and walk away. And then you went and visited his sire's bar and uh, made a boo-boo. It was not we. It was he. It's like the royal he, so it's like the whole group. I know, it's like Cheshire just really causes problems. How dare you blame him? Well, he is not without blame. He was following Jimbo's lead. Well, yes. Well, then it's Jimbo's fault. He is partially to blame because he followed Jimbo Sleep. He's all to blame. All to blame. Worry about me going in quiet. He's the one over here starting fights. You're lucky I got what I got. I am never worried about you going in quietly. Donovan had it coming. Well, yes. Now he has us going, doesn't he? You guys got some of your resources together. You went and acquired some drugs. Arthur acquired a gun. And you began to string the bait out there. Well, Missy, as you are the bait, the exception of Arthur, a good news is, is that people who come to you to buy drugs, it's an easy situation to, to get a little something for yourself out of it, too, to get a little feeding. As it's been two days or so. So as you get up for the evening, are we maintaining our routines or has things changed since you guys are staking out a, a little ways away I am still monitoring my handshakes and other information in order to find Mr. Kelly it depends have I been successful as a would-be drug dealer over the past couple nights you have been selling drugs however you have not exactly made a killing since you guys had to invest money into drugs to have them in the first place. Hmm. I think I'm going to get there a little earlier then. I'm not going to wait for Cheshire to get up. I'm going to get up when I get up and then I'm going to leave. And I'm going to go and try to sell these drugs because I need to make some money. Lord knows I'm not giving it back to whoever fronted the money for the drugs. I'm keeping. I'd have to guess it was Art. Sorry, Art. It is a good guess, but if this is something you would like to do in the long term, we will discuss with suppliers and get you set up with your own little empire. Ooh, an empire sounds An good. empire vampire. <laughs> How far from the center of your domain, your hunting grounds, your havens, are you going to make these sales? You don't exactly have a lot of space, but... No, I don't. If I were to go to Section 28, 
how far away would that be from my current domain? Like a mile, two miles, eight miles? If you have Calvin drive you, it's maybe 10 minutes. Okay. That's what I'll do. I'm going to go to section 28. And has this been a place that you have been selling your wares previously? No, I think I was in like the next big blue section next to it. I want to do better. I want to make more money. Oh, look at you. I know, and ambitious. Who says the youth aren't ambitious? I mean, you're, you're not actually that young, so... Eh, appearances. Does Art or Jimmy go with you, or do you wait for them? No, I think I'm going to go and just let them know via text, which means Art's the only one that's going to get it. Mm-hmm. Because Jimmy, that this is where I'm going now. I left early. I'm going. Calvin dropped me off. This is where I'll be. I'll let you know if anything happens. Hey. Art and Jimmy, are you doing anything? You going with? You? Duh, I'm going to notify Jimbo that she has left early, and I am going to immediately go. I can check my handshakes when I get there, but I want to make sure that I am on scene. That's a, probably a smart move. Probably. Jimmy does what he does every morning. He puts on an hour of the best 80s music. Which is all of the 80s music. And then he goes to meet with Lady Fina. All right. Or Madam Fina. You go into Madam Fina's little sanctuary, and she is leaning on the counter, as it were, and she has a book that she is flipping and reading through. After hearing your music through the mall, she's like, oh, he'll be here in a minute. All right, Jimmy walks in. And is that a, it's a good book? Oh, it's, I don't know. It, and she picks it up to shows to you. It is a book on werewolf mythology. Oh, that's neat. Can't say I know much about the uh, furry things, people. I fear since that time of year, I should make myself familiar with some of the, the legends. That's a good idea. But that's not why you're here tonight. You know me well. She goes over, shuffles up. Do you try to make any small talk with her or just the usual stuff? Yeah, just the usual stuff. Nothing. You know, how is the weather? Your primary card out of this becomes the temperance card, which is about balance, peace, patience, and moderation. It indicates that you have found your inner calm and have a good perspective on things. It's a sign that the relationship in your lives are harmonious. You have learned not to allow yourself to be dragged into other people's conflict or let minor issues knock you off balance. She finds this interesting, and she asks if there has been minor conflicts or other people's business that has caused problems for you recently. Uh, yeah, you could say some minor conflict. Yeah, I was uh, got into a bit of a scrap over something, and it's caused a couple problems bruised egos sort of thing. I'm sure that's not all that's bruised as she head nods towards your your bulging 80s muscles. Well, I mean, yeah, I left a few marks. 
Good, good. I'm glad you gave as good as you got. But if there's nothing else you wish to get out of her... Nope, but he does wish to go with that card. Let's go to Sal's pawn shop and make a phone call. Lucky Sal. Yeah, all right. Who is he going to call? Jimmy wants to call... Carol. Aw. Is Jimmy usually able to get a hold of Carol, or does he usually leave messages? It's hit or miss, 50-50. You'll actually be able to get a hold of Carol. Jimmy, what can I do you for this evening? Hi. Uh, hi, darling. I have a interesting news. Oh? It's about that little project we're working on? Yes. Wonderful. It should be in soon. Good. Tonight or tomorrow? Well, that's exciting, and you can hear a little bit of actual excitement creep into her voice. Are you going to put a pin in it for me? That initially was my plan, but Mr. Cohen has um, made a few threats. Oh, no. And has figured we are looking for the same thing. Well, that just makes things more interesting now, doesn't it? It does. Now, did you want me to bring them, bring it to you, or try and deal with it? Well, how vital of a piece do you think our little project is in dealing with it? I think it would be better if it was in your control and let you decide. Well... I tell you what, if you get a hold of him, let me know. And this way we won't plan too far ahead. But I do prefer to get hands-on with our problem-solving. Very well. I will bring him to you as soon as I can. Oh, thank you, Jimmy. You're the sweetest. The sweetness is mutual. I'm pretty sure since Art knows Jimmy uses this phone booth that he's totally got it. Oh, yes. Without a doubt, I bet. Without a doubt. Jimmy has no clue. You can tell because it has the finest reception of any analog phone within the tri-state area. Are you attempting to purchase anything from Lucky Sal or are you just going to... No, I just thank him for letting me use the phone and... uh Listen to the rest of my music. As you leave, you will bump into Amira, a member of your herd. You know that Amira has purchased drugs from you. Well, specifically from Missy. So she just kind of like, oh, hey, uh, how you doing? I'm good, you? Doing good. Got a... There seems to have been a new... A uh, business opportunity that's opened up around here. Me and my friend were just talking. Uh, it was dry around here for a little while, but. Oh yeah? You, what, you find a, another, are you selling? Oh no, no, no. Uh, 
I had gotten some stuff off of a friend of mine, and uh, they were also running a little dry. And then uh, it's that that girl actually that you are the little fountain. Oh yeah, Missy's started a small business venture of her own. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, and she holds not like holds up a bag, but like shakes a, a pocket where she's got drugs that she's purchased me. I'm trying to convince uh, Missy to use some of those funds to fix some of the things around the mall. Maybe get a vending machine actually working again. She does that like buddy slap on the shoulders like, you know what, that's it. Drug vending machines. Perfect. And then just, you know, have somebody, I don't I, I guess it would get broken into really quickly, wouldn't it? That doesn't. Yeah, probably. But yeah, she um, she actually had this friend that met you at a club, and then she'll mention Carol's party that you were at. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was looking to uh to hook up some other time and hang out. Yeah, I. What was her name again? My friend or the 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 one that was the other one. Anyway, they're Coco and Jade. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, Jade was, yeah, Jade was the one that was with me, right? Yeah, she was the, I don't remember, she was the non-red fairy. Right, yeah, yeah, I remember her. She was, uh, yeah, I enjoyed her company. Well, if you, uh, if you want to see her again, just, you know, let me know and, uh, maybe we can arrange something. Yeah, that sounds great. Just, uh, not tonight. I'm busy, but, uh, that's fair. Another night. Sure thing. Awesome. I will, uh, well, I see if I could give her your number, but, uh, she shrugs. Pulls out a little black book. I mean, I could write down a, her number. She'll get out her phone because nobody remembers phone numbers anymore. And she'll pull up the contact information and, Show it to you. She'll give you both numbers. As you're looking at the screen, you will see an address. An address for probably both of them, since it's like a GPS thing in the phone. For Jade and Coco? Mm-hmm. Okay. How far away are they? Jade lives in... It's not like the great part of town, but... Coco lives in the sort of Camarilla side where it's close to the mall, for example, or places where you can easily get drugs, but still in a little bit nicer area. Her apartment is in a tall building. Fairly nice apartments, little bit on the expensive side. They have little balconies. They have windows that look out over the city, doormen, that kind of thing. You know exactly where it is, and you know that Carol is familiar with the area. Like That's where she drives to and from when she comes down to see you guys. And you know that, thinking back on it, Carol had interest in her from her artistic stuff. Right. That's Coco's place. Yes. Okay. And Jade's place is a much lower low-income housing kind of thing. 
Hmm. Not nearly as nice, not with the extra security or any of those things. Interesting. So Coco seems to be from at least semi-well-off family. Yeah, her dad's a, I don't know, a judge or something. Hmm. I think he pays for the apartment just to keep her out of trouble. Well, from what I saw at the, uh, the club, he doesn't do a very good job of keeping her out of trouble. <laughs> she laughs. Yeah, I, uh, couldn't tell him that though, obviously. Anyway, I'm gonna go get, uh, I'm gonna go get some new experiences. Unless you want to come, but you said you had something to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Missy's might be getting in a little bit of trouble. Someone's not happy with her dealings, so I gotta potentially be a little backup. Is it that weird guy? Which weird guy? There's a few of them around here. Right? The the weird guy that's only been here for like a week or two. Uh, about yay tall, weird eyes. Uh, she begins to describe Cheshire. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, him, he's, uh, yeah, he's a bit of a problem, but no, he's not the big one, big issue right now. I think there's other groups upset that we're bringing drugs about. Well, don't get caught, because it sucks to go dry. It does, yeah. With that, she walks off. You see her boyfriend, Stan, in the in the distance a little bit and they embrace hugs and then they start walking off. Uh, well, Jimmy waves bye to them, finishes his music and then I guess he will go walk over to where Missy is to keep an eye out. Art, she got here way earlier than you and is already set up peddling her wares, as it were. Do you do anything as you come up on the scene of her just standing out there looking like a drug dealer. Well, the thing that I would do first is ensure that there is nobody else keeping an eye out like I am supposed to do. And then I suppose I will set up some handshakes that are particularly effective against the um, detection of movement in the alleyways and other areas that I would expect a Ventru to use in order to find her. So in your looking around and your scoping things out, you're going to see a car pull up to the corner here. And as you look, you're going to see through it and you're going to see a face that you very much recognize as one of the drug dealers from around your area. His name is Ricky. He has been missing for a few days. And in the passenger seat, there is a young woman that you will recognize as the Red Fairy from Carol's party. Well, well, well. And they begin driving away, and you find a little bit of curiosity about this situation. So you start following them. I do indeed. You start running a little faster because, you know, you got to keep up, but they are in a car. And before you know it, you're a few blocks away and you see their vehicle come to a halt. 
do anything specific in this situation. If it comes to a halt, it is for a reason. I want to have some elevation so I can see what is unfolding, and I will have my phone at the ready to notify Missy if it is what I think it is. What I think it is is Mr. Brad Kelly. So you're climbing up a catwalk, watching a place. Do you carry, like, binoculars on you? Are you that kind of guy? Of course I am that kind of... Well, I am not guy, but I am that kind of monster. That's fair. So you're going to see them stop, them get out, and then go down an alleyway. This is a little residential section that has more or less a row homes that would have then a little a little alleyway behind them, and then another set of homes on the other side. And on the next block over, there's a few small businesses, alleyway behind them, and then some more buildings behind them. Did they leave their car unlocked? It's hard to tell from, from here, but they're going to go down into the alleyway. Well, if I can get it done quickly, I'm going to bug the car underneath the dashboard, and then I'm going to follow them. As you watch them go down there, you take a minute to come down from your perch, and you start to close the distance to, to where they are. You're going to see the man, Ricky, come running out of the alleyway with a briefcase in his hand, kind of just flopping around, gets into the car, starts it up. A moment or two will go by. You'll see the young woman come out of the alleyway. And then standing between her and the car is like a large dog or a small wolf or like a coyote or something of that Canid variety is standing in between her and the car. How far away am I? Maybe half a block. It seems as though whatever is happening here is not fully transpired yet, and that you could still, maybe not necessarily, want to interfere, but you could. Oh no, I'm going to get closer then. As you get up to basically interacting range, the young woman is shouting to the guy in the car, to hit it with the car. Are you doing anything? I am going to ensure that I am not between the dog, of which I have suspicions, and the car. And I believe I may try to get close enough to pull this woman out of the way should it go that direction. It's easy enough for you to do. Are you invisible? Oh yes, I am quite invisible. The next seconds play out with a tense standoff. You get close to perhaps pull her out of the way. You've been under the influence of various powers of presence, and and you can feel it, and it's coming off of her. And it stops for a moment, and when it stops, you hear the car accelerate and begin to drive both towards the dog which had taken a few steps towards the woman and the woman taking advantage of your stealth and the situation you find yourself in it is very easy for you to grab her and pull her out of the way as the car comes into the alleyway veers to the side and smashes into the wall setting off the airbag and the driver kind of smashing against it and 
is dazed and or unconscious at the moment. Where is the dog? Don't see it. No, I expect they will find it later. Perhaps with two legs instead of four. She starts to get up. Do you do anything, or you just get out of the way? Well, I broke obfuscation by grabbing her, so I am going to... I'm going to go uh, invisible again, and I am going to stay out of the way. I need to uh, minimize my involvement right now, especially with the dog around. Heavy quotation marks. As you walk by in the back seat of his car, you will see many bags of drugs. Briefcases that have popped open and are just kind of laying there in that 80s pile of cocaine style. What is the woman doing? She is getting to her feet. She was also carrying a briefcase that has popped open. She's straightening that up a little bit and seems to be going around to the man. Checking on him. Just Well, I think it would be difficult to hijack the briefcases while she is still conscious. So I will continue to monitor. And if I can sneak a cell phone picture, I shall do so. Of what? The woman. Sure. And the man. Easy enough. Then let us see what they do. Fading over to Missy for a moment. Anything exciting going on in your little corner of the world? I mean, hopefully, since I moved to this new area, I am selling some drugs. You are definitely selling some drugs. Do you want to see if you can make some kind of roll to sell drugs better? Yes. Maybe you just don't have quite the right look for this area, but you're not losing money, which I'm sure is good, but you're not exactly raking it in. Hmm. Hand over fang. Hmm. Can I start asking? Oh, gosh. How would you casually ask where the better areas are to deal drugs? The people who are buying drugs. I want to ask those people. I don't know. There are a few things that you would know if you have a captured audience, like at a club or a concert, or something along those lines. You can charge a little more, because the people don't want to leave the venue and risk smuggling it back in when you've already smuggled it in. Mm-hmm. Or finding somebody who is already wealthy and is trying to keep everything on the down low be a plan. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But these seem to be fairly normal drug people. So if I want to find a wealthier person, I need to move to a wealthier area. Where would that area be? Oh, you have some idea, because you've been living in this city. But it's more in the the Camarilla side. Oh, college would actually probably work out really well. Oh, perfect. I'm going to go there. You need to call off Calvin to come get you? Yeah. Are you letting anybody know? I mean, once I get there. Perfect. Calvin, of course, loves the idea of going to a college party or wherever it is <laughs> and arrives shortly to pick you up and drive you across town 
That's going to be great. I'm going to make more money. Totally forgetting the whole goal of this. Jimmy. Yup. You arrive at the place that Missy said that she was going to be. There is no Missy. Right. Jimmy checks his beeper to see if he's gotten a message recently. Has he? He hasn't. A little confused? Uh, he spends probably ten minutes looking around, just maybe someone actually did come to say, can't deal here. Goes a couple corners around just to see, you know, that's where you deal drugs, I guess, I don't know. And doesn't see her anywhere. Just kind of checks out the area, that kind of thing. Yeah. Art. You will see, as the woman is trying to rouse her friend, you were watching, but all of a sudden, that white wolf is there, and it grabs her by the leg and pulls, dropping her from her feet onto her back, and then it gets on top of her. Clearly, a very aggressive stance. She fights and kicks at it and tries to resist, but the wolf, in a very intelligent manner, places one paw up on her bicep and presses that arm down to the ground. And then it goes in, opens its jaws, lunges forward, and bites upon her neck. Are we talking a complete throat tear out, or are we talking something more intimate? There's no thrashing of the head or the body. The jaws are around the neck. Just seems to be holding it there if you didn't have a suspicion of something better. Oh, I have many suspicions. I suppose I have, uh, as the kids call it these days, a get. I shall have it ready because either something miraculous is about to happen in the terms of monsters. Or I am going to have a snack earlier than planned. As you continue to watch, this goes on for a moment or two. Or three. And then it stops. And it takes a step back and then a second step and then sits on its haunches for a moment. The lift its one leg up and it will bite its own leg. Put it down and just sit there. A heartbeat passes. Or how close are you to this situation? I am close enough that if I was not hidden, I would be in a lot of trouble right now. I was close enough to try and acquire the briefcases in the back of the car. I may have more of a chance in a moment, but I'll have to get to it before she gets to the man in the driver's seat. The woman on the ground, her eyes flutter weakly. Her head just kind of like lulls to the side as heavily sedated or lost a lot of blood. The dog sits there. And then in a moment, the the weakened body of this young woman plunges forward and wraps its arms around the leg of this dog. And you see the mouth go for the wound that it inflicted. Arthur nods to himself. He knows what is going on. He is taking a strict 
stance of non-intervention because he really does not want to get Earth apart by two gangrel. So as you look, you will see a couple of things. One, the wolf is, with the exception of the splattering of gore from whatever it's been up to this evening, is all white fur. The exception of her, its right eye is a splotch of brown, brunette, like a, a darker color like that. Which, as you're watching it, it's not like it got splattered with gore. Like That is the color of its fur there. And as you look at it, you will see that its left eye is brown and its right eye is blue. I will have to make a note for later. I am certain I will see that one again. As the woman is consuming this vitae from this assumed gangrel, its head swivels and looks around. And for just a moment, you see it cock in your direction before its attention is drawn elsewhere. I will relocate. Do you continue watching or do you just go back to wherever Missy is? Oh, I will continue watching this time from a roof. When you get up to the roof, the wolf is gone. The powers of obfuscation are are many and varied and you're not sure that even if you were looking directly at them, you would have seen it disappear. But looking from your vantage point through your binoculars, you see the woman laying there on the ground. You will watch the guy come to look confused and around, see his friend, presumably there, fight with the airbag to get out of the car, try to shake her awake, see that it's not, and then he will pace a bit, Oh, no, 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 I need to get down there. I I have to get him into the trunk. I have to get her into the trunk quickly. You know, and I know why. He's too much of a wuss. He wouldn't be able to, to lift her bodily into there before you got across the street and back to them from your vantage point, especially when you could take shortcuts like just leaping off of this you know small two-story building. You will see that this guy, this drug dealer, has the trunk popped and is wrestling with her body, trying to pull it around. The drugs have been thrown into the back seat. Good, good. He has done all the legwork for me. This is wonderful. So I will creep up behind him as he is trying to handle the the woman into the trunk. Mm -hmm. And when he's just about there, I will lean forward and whisper, let me help you, and push them both in the trunk and close it. They are both in the trunk. What is your next plan of action? Well, I have a perfectly good car here. I need to get it out of the way, because when she wakes up, she is going to be very hungry. So it's not a perfectly good car, because for one, it's a piece of shit. And for two, the driver's side headlight fender area kind of wrecked a little bit it'll drive it's mostly superficial damage with the exception obviously of the headlight and stuff that is non-functioning and destroyed from it just being glass and then it, it makes a little bit of a weird sound when you turn the wheel as it rubs against some of the material that has been pushed back towards into it 
Where's your plan to go? My plan is to go where Missy was on her corner. Whoever I find there, which I assume will be Jimbo and not Missy, because she has lost sight of the goal. Mm -hmm. And we are going to relocate car with occupants as soon as possible. I will send text to Missy. What is your text to Missy? Found resupply of product. Also, found interesting thing. We will talk later about it. Where are you? Question mark. R as in letter R, U as in letter U. She's going to text back. Great news. Thumbs up. She's going to put the name of the college. New place to sell. Bring product here. Okay, we'll be there soon as I can. We'll find Jimbo. Shrug ASCII. And as you say that, you pull up at the place where they were selling. Jimbo is wandering around, and you can see him. What is the conversation that happens? Get in, loser. We're going shopping. Can I drive? You know what? Yes, we must return to mall. I have groceries in back that need to go into the freezer. Wink, wink. Yes, I see it out loud. Oh, rad. Yes, it will be a series of tubulars, but we must go to the lockup now. All right. So, Jimbo, first thing he does after getting into the car is he does a burnout. This is why we never let you drive. I, in a moment of weakness, show kindness, and this is how I'm repaid. That's that's what you get. It is what I get. I am long-suffering. But that is natural. I am from Russia. The nights are very cold and long in Russia. Are you telling Missy to come back to the mall, or are you just kind of... No, we are going to go back to mall. I am going to put them in the lockup, and then we will go retrieve Missy. And then come back to the mall after retrieving Missy? I may just send Jimbo to retrieve Missy so I can keep eye on lockup. Okay. I am never worried about you going in quietly. Donovan had it coming. Well, yes. Now he has us going, doesn't he? Anyway, storyteller, you were saying? <laughs> it's just it's like an old married couple. <laughs> <laughs> and as you all rouse for the evening's festivities, as it's been two days or so, to oh, beautiful. Everybody is feeling the, a tad peckish. Oh no, do I add a hunger? Yeah. Yes, you add hunger. Oh, this is going to make it difficult if somebody gets weird with me. Okay. I mean, you're only a two. It's fine. I don't like being a two. She's at least an eight. (laughs) There's that Toreador charm. You are so generous, sir. Thank you. Did they leave their car unlocked? They did. 
Well, fantastic. It's hard to tell from, from here, but they're going to go down into the alleyway. Well, if I can get it done quickly, I'm going to bug the car underneath the dashboard, and then I'm going to follow them. So we're going to get into some fuzzy situations here, because you are time-traveling back into what already transpired earlier to this evening. Yes, I am, but I will do my best to be an impartial observer. <laughs> the Nosferatu way. Yes.